let's look at Genesis 1. You know, we live in a time when everybody is so busy. I mean, everybody's busy, aren't they? Nobody's not busy. And it seems to me that in our society that I'm so busy has become a badge of honor. I'm so busy, which being translated means because I'm so valuable and I'm so important and people can't do without me and I'm so, you know, I'm so busy. And it has occurred to me that I'm so busy is oftentimes an excuse for, for lots of things. I didn't have time to spend with my family. I don't have time for friendships. I don't have time for ministry. I don't have time for this and that because I'm so busy. And I have thought for a long time, you know, if you're too busy for things like that that matter, you're just too daggone busy. You're too busy. But I also believe that in our society, you know, that rest is not valued. We give lip service to it, but when it comes down to it, we tend to not really um, maybe think very highly of people who really take care of themselves by resting. And I often see this happen in ministry settings. You have someone who decides that they're really tired and they need to take some days off, some time off. And, you know, somebody always gets offended. What are they doing taking time off? You know, well, I need to see them. I have an emergency. <laughs> it's common. It happens a lot. And, and tonight I want to talk to you about time to rest. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes 4.6. It says, One hand full of rest is better than two fists full of labor and striving after wind. And I think that today we're living in a time where there's a lot of that two-fisted striving. We're all working and pushing so hard. And it seems there's so much attention and we're, we're hurrying and we're pushing. We're going faster and faster. And there's not as much proper attention being given to the idea of rest. Uh, years ago, I was talking with a, a uh, Russian woman, and she was over visiting the U.S., and, and she had been for uh, a couple of weeks, and so I asked her, I said, so tell me, what is your perception of Americans? She says, you're always in a hurry. You're always in a hurry. And I've heard that from Europeans. They all said the same thing. Americans are always in a hurry. We just can't get there fast enough. You and I know how it is. The, the instant coffee's not fast enough. The instant rice is not fast enough. If it takes too long at the drive through more than 90 seconds, what's the problem here? <laughs> and, uh, and you've got your computer. If it takes more than, you know, two seconds to get to the page you want to go to, what's wrong? We're always in a hurry. We're always in a hurry. And it seems that... You know, all of these labor-saving devices were supposed to give us time to rest. Instead, it doesn't seem to be working that way. Instead, we're, we're working more, we're not taking time off, and we're tired a lot of the times. And when you pull back, you're thinking, I don't think this is how God intended for people to live. I don't think that we're always supposed to be living two fists full of striving after wind. But where is the balance of all of this? You know, we've talked a lot of times, I've talked a lot about seasons of the Lord. About being in seasons. And we understand that from the natural realm. What happens in the fall and what happens in the winter? A lot of the land goes into a rest, doesn't it? It goes into a season of dormancy. We may talk about how wonderful it would be, you know, to live in Hawaii all the time when everything's 85 degrees and, and blooming. But even so, even in the tropics, there is a cycle 
of birth, death. I mean, it all is a cycle. And I believe that there's so much that God has built into nature is meant to teach us that everything's not supposed to be wide open, 100% all the time. But there's supposed to be some downtime as well. And it's just as important as the other time. Do you know when children grow? They grow while they're sleeping. They grow while they're sleeping. And when you find a child who's in a growth spurt, think about teenagers. They're known for sleeping. Why are they sleeping so long? Because they're growing rapidly. You feed them and you send them to bed and that's how they grow. <laughs> it's true. And, and you've seen that when I've seen that when children, young children, they get in a growth spurt. They want to eat all the time and then they want to sleep and sleep and sleep because that's when they grow is while they're sleeping, is during that downtime. In Genesis 1, start with verse 31. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed, and all their host. By the seventh day, God had completed his work which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Now, now we know that God doesn't get tired. So he did not have to rest because he was worn out from a week of creation. But he rested because he wanted to set an example to set a precedent for us. And it says that he sanctified. He made it holy. He set it apart. He said, I'm going to have one day that is going to be set apart for not doing what I did the other six days. And so it is a time of rest from the ordinary labors of the week. And I believe that a lot of times the, the religious environment has made the Sabbath something unpleasant. You know, maybe you grew up in an environment when you were a kid, and the idea of having the Sabbath meant, well, no swimming on Sundays, no swimming at the lake, no going out to restaurants on Sunday, no playing cards on Sundays, no watching television on Sunday, no doing this, no doing that, no having any kind of fun on Sundays. As a matter of fact, once I remember as a child going to the... Um, Revival meetings, you know, in that particular church, you had a revival, you put it on the calendar, it lasted three days or a week, and that was the spring revival, you know. And that's how we did it. And I remember having the preacher getting up, and he was preaching that if, if you take Sunday and you make it fun day, you've turned it into sin day. Well, he probably meant well, but when you tell that to a kid... That sounds like a really depressing attitude about Sundays, about your day off. And so we had some of those restrictions when I was a child. Not bad, but I know that some folks have had a lot of restrictions. And even in the Jewish community, you know, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they had a long list of rules about what you can do and what you can't do on the Sabbath. Now, their intention was they didn't want people to fall back into the habit of working on sun, on the Sabbath just like they did every other day. So the types of activities that they tended to restrict had to do with building the tabernacle. No hauling bricks. No digging. You know, heavy duty type of labor. 
But over the years, it wound up becoming ridiculous, the list of things that you could not do. And hence, nobody enjoyed the Sabbath anymore. It's like, this was a big killjoy to have this kind of a day off, you know, because I wasn't able to enjoy myself. And I believe that sometimes those attitudes have kind of crept across into into the American church. That sometimes we feel like, well, if I if I'm out, you know, riding my bike or if I'm out going playing golf, then something's wrong. I really should not be having that kind of fun. But that's not what the Word of God is teaching. What God says is He set aside that which He was usually doing on Monday through. Well, actually, through Sunday through Friday. I mean, he was he did the work of creation during those days. He says, but there's something different that he did. It was a time to reflect. It Notice that God says that what he did, he says he saw all he had created, and he said it was very good. So the Sabbath is a time to look back and see what has been good in your life this week. What is God doing? What things are good? What has been accomplished? It's a time for reflection. A time for looking in. It is a time for worship. But it's also a time for rest and relaxation. I'm going to free you up tonight. And tell you it's okay to have fun on the Sabbath. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's going to be okay. In Ecclesiastes 3.1 it says to everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. You know that God is the one who built holidays into the system. He's, it was his idea. He said, you guys have got to have some holidays. You know, it's more than just Christmas and Easter. You know, there are several that God put on the calendar and said, I want you to have some days where you're not going to do the usual work. You're not going to have the... As a matter of fact, I want you to have some feast." I want you to have some days where you just have lots of food, lots of laughter, singing, carrying on, having a good time. God knows how to throw a party. Where do we get the idea he was a killjoy when it came to Sabbath? That you weren't supposed to have any rest, weren't supposed to have any fun. Hallelujah. We're supposed to have some R&R. Hallelujah. I noticed that when God was talking to Moses in Exodus 33:14, he said, My presence shall go with you and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. You know, it's the Pharisees and the Sadducees, no matter from ancient times or from modern times, that are trying to put upon us that you've got to work, work, work. Duty, duty, labor. Now, you know what? I'm a hard worker. I believe in hard work. I believe the Bible teaches that we need to work. But there's also this place for rest and fun. And there's got to be a balance. You know, there's a season for work and there's a season for play. Hallelujah. And it's what the, the old proverb says, you know, all work and no play, right? we got to have some play built in. You see, I believe that if that's the truth, you know, because if God had not put, if God did not invent the Sabbath, I know some folks, we just work nine days a week, wouldn't we? We would just work all the time, wouldn't we? If God had not said, there's going to be a day off. What about if God had not said, you're going to have some holidays, we're going to do Passover, we're going to do Purim, and he went down. Otherwise, I know folks that would never take a day off. They just work, 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 work. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we even joke about that. These holidays mess up my routine. 
They messed up my schedule. I don't even know what day it is anymore because you know, the holiday was in the middle of the week. It threw me off. Well, we kind of joke about it and kind of, you know, like tease and make fun. I want to get back to routine, just get past these holidays. But you know what the truth is? We need those holidays. We need every last one of them. And we need to set aside and allow ourselves some time for R&R. You know, it's the whole principle of you got to sharpen your axe. You can take your axe that is dull and go out there and try to chop down the tree. And you will expend a lot of energy, wear yourself out because the thing's not very sharp. But if you'll pull back, take some time to sharpen it, you'll find it takes much less effort. And this is what rest and relaxation do for us. They let us pull back from the normal work of whatever we're doing, have a little fun, get a little adjustment in our attitude, then come back around, and we have fresh eyes. How many of you ever had that happen to where you had a problem at work, you had a situation, and it wasn't until you got out from away from it for a while, you went for a walk, you went and played with the kids, you did something that was outside of the problem, and then you came back, and then you had this energy, this creativity, this flow, where now you can get there and you can solve your problem. Amen. That's right. So much of the time, you know, what we need is a break. Yeah. You know, what you need is to go to bed. Yeah. What you need is to go on a picnic, go yeah. do something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've told some people, you know, they just worn and laboring and fighting. I'm like, the most spiritual thing you can do right now is go to bed. You know, because when you're exhausted, you know, you can't think, you can't process, you can't hear from God when you're exhausted. And that's where sometimes I'm just like, God, I can't hear from you, so I, I just go away. And plus, if you're getting ready to minister, I don't know about you, but I require inspiration for that. I can't just open a book and come up with a list of stuff. I have to have inspiration. Guess what? Inspiration does not come to you when you are tired. That's right. It doesn't. So often what I'm doing is like, okay, i got to go be spiritual. I need to go walk on the beach for a while. Look at the waves. Look at the sand. Look at the people. Not think about anything. But it is refreshing just to get out there. And I urge you, nature is designed to recharge you. It is designed for it. As a matter of fact, if you can go outside barefoot in the grass, it will actually discharge negative ions out of your being. And if you work on cement floors, you need it because that cement floor will drain the life flow out of you. And that's where sometimes you need to get out of the cement building, out of the metal building, and go get down there with the dirt and the grass. Because that's where you're going to find a connection to the earth from whence we came, right? And it's very, very healthy for you to go and to do that. And for me, I can stay indoors and I can enjoy, you know, downtime. But what is really charging for me is beautiful scenery. Yes. If I can just go for a walk in my neighborhood and enjoy people's flowers and trees or go down to the beach, something like that recharges me on a very deep level. And it's a lot shorter time than if I had spent all that time, you know, indoors or something. It's faster to go out and connect with nature. Hallelujah. I'm glad, it's, I'm glad it's there for. So God has said His presence will come and will give us rest. And God knows that we've got to have it. We've got to need it. Listen, if you look over at Matthew 11, real familiar passage of Scripture, verse 28. Jesus is echoing the same type of thing. You know, it's not God the hard taskmaster. God's the one promising rest. 
Who's the evil taskmaster? It's the devil, you know, or it's people. It's us. It's not God. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's people who need a vacation, isn't it? Some people who need a rest because they can't enjoy what they're doing. They can't enjoy life. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, I know that primarily we look at this scripture and we think about rest for the religious system and, and rest from you know, the demands of the law. Okay, but how about we just pull back and just say real plain what he's saying. I will give you rest. Sometimes it's not, the, it's not the thing that I need to be relieved from religious oppression. Sometimes I'm just tired. Sometimes I just need a nap. You know, that's what I need. And the Lord says... If you are weary and heavy laden, he says, I'm going to give you rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. So what can we learn from Jesus and from his example? You know, Jesus didn't work seven days a week. He didn't do it. He got tired. He took a break. We don't even give ourselves permission to do that sometimes, do we? Sometimes, well, if I just get through two more hours, just get through two more hours, instead of recognizing your body is saying, your mind is saying, it's downtime. It's downtime. Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. If we will learn from the Lord and model our lifestyles after Him, we will find rest. Why are we not finding rest right now? Because we got two fists full of labor and striving after the wind. Because they're pushing, 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 pushing. You know what? I just don't see Jesus doing that. You know, it can be really eye-opening to read the Gospels and decide you want to live like Jesus. You know what? He could not please a lot of people. Didn't even break a sweat trying. People walked off and left him. He tells his own disciples, You guys next? There's a door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. If you want to go, bye. You know, he, was, he didn't go chase them down. He did not go chase people down and beg them, you didn't understand me, come on back. He just says, well, you know, you do what you got to do. Isn't that liberating? You do what you got to do. Giving people freedom. You want to stay? Stay. You want to go? Go ahead. Alright. Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples do what's not lawful to do on a Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he became hungry, he and his companions? How he entered the house of God, and they ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for them, for him to eat, nor those with him, but for the priest alone? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Notice Jesus called him innocent. Broke a religious rule, but he said they were innocent. They hadn't done a thing wrong because all they were doing was hungry. They were not out there reaping a harvest out of the field. They were just filling their belly. That's all they were doing. 
You know, it wasn't the rules of the Pharisees. They said, oh, you can't even do that. And Jesus is like, give them a break. They're hungry. What is the big deal? You see, he was always he was always going back to it's the spirit and the intent of the law, not the exaggeration and the legalism that these guys have put down. And he says, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. I like that phrase. Basically, he says, well, I'm boss and I said so. <laughs> Which I like that. In another telling of the story, over in Mark 2, Jesus also adds the statement, the Sabbath was not made for man, but man for the Sabbath. And this is where the legalism has come in, where people have got it backwards. They feel don't understand that the Sabbath is God's gift to you. That's right. It's a gift. It's not something that you got to not have any fun and go be miserable all day. It's not about that. It's God's gift. You don't have to work today. You get to play. You get to have fun. You get to rest. You get to sleep in. Hallelujah. You know, go for a walk in the park. Whatever. Reflect. If you want to read, take a nap, whatever you feel like, that's the Sabbath. Now, he also says, you know, remember the Lord. Of course, we remember the Lord. Because we're not working, we're taking time. We're saying, oh, God, thank you. And so much of the Sabbath is is also marked by times of thanksgiving, of gratitude, of shared meals, of prayer, of worship. All those things are part of pulling out, pull out from the regular routine. Now, I often tell people, you know, if you're in, if you're a pastor, Sunday is not, Sunday's a work day for you. That's not your Sabbath. Your Sabbath needs to be like Monday or some other day. Um, I know plenty of pastors take off Monday, some take off in the middle of the week, but that's a day when they don't do the usual thing. That is, no counseling people, no sermon preparation, no committee meetings, nothing like that. Go off, play with the kids, play golf, whatever, but have some fun on your day and recharge. Hallelujah. And it's okay. And not only is it okay, but you know this is a commandment. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, to keep it set apart from the other six days of the week. Make, a, make sure that Sabbath has a different activity, a different function than the rest of the week. This is a commandment. And I believe that part of the trouble we're seeing in our nation is because people have violated this commandment over and over. They feel guilty about taking time off. you know. But you know, I mean, let's think about it. Time off does mean from your usual vocation. Because if you've got small children... You have to take care of them. They have to be fed. They have to be bathed. They have to be taken care of. You can't just abandon your kids because it's the Sabbath, right? You, you've got to take care of them. You know, your, your little pet dog wants to be fed. Doesn't matter. I mean, they need to be taken care of. But those are not things, that's not your usual labor. So it is a break in your routine. Hallelujah. If we look at Jesus' example, and... And I'll just toss out a couple of references. You don't have to turn there. But Jesus said, learn from me, right? So if we look at what he did. In Matthew 14, 23, after he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. He sent the crowds away. The crowds always want more. You understand? The crowds are never satisfied. It's kind of like your telephone, your inbox. Yeah. <laughs> There's always somebody yeah. that wants to talk. Yeah. That, that I know you're tired, but I just have one question. 
I know you're tired, but can you just pray for me first? I know you're tired, but it's like I've heard that so many times. Mm. So many times. So what you do is you have to just learn is you don't answer the phone that day. Remember that? You, you just don't answer the phone. Absolutely. You shut off your computer that day. Yeah. You just don't do it. Because there's always going to be more need than any person can fulfill. Mm -hmm. And people will try to make you into the Savior of the world if they could. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that. You're like, you know what? Six days a week. I'm there for people, you know, but, you know, there are sometimes I have to be there for me. And you have to be there for you. One of the translations of to pray, Jesus went to pray, is to come to rest. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about this. Jesus is surrounded with people all the time. Now, some folks, depending upon your personality, people either charge you or they drain you. Mm -hmm. Okay? If you are an introverted person, a melancholy person, people exhaust you. They wear you out. They take a lot of energy. If you are an outgoing person, you get excited with a crowd. You know, a melancholy person maybe get a little depressed at a crowd because <laughs> there's too much. And it's because of how we're wired. It doesn't mean that something's wrong. It's just how yeah. we are made, you know. And so, I don't know what personality, you know, per se, Jesus, he's the blend of all. But he's surrounded with disciples. He's mentoring and straightening out from time to time. He's surrounded with critics, the Sadducees and the Pharisees always got something to say about what he's doing. He's got unbelievers there who don't think, you know, even his own family doesn't believe who he is. Mm -hmm. And then he's got this crowd of people who just want to get fed, who just want to see a miracle, who just want to, what's the show today? Mm -hmm. And Granted, there were people there whose hearts were right, but it was a mixed crowd of people who were around him all the time. And so it says that Jesus would send the crowds away, and then he went off. Did not leave his cell phone number. <laughs> did not tell him when he'd be back. He just got up and left. And he did not make excuses, you know, and try to make people feel better. He recognized it's time to go. I'm gone. Right. And he went on. You know, it's what I notice about little babies, little children. You know, when they're tired, they just go to sleep. Yeah. They don't care where they are. <laughs> they don't care what they're wearing. They don't care whose house. I mean, they don't care. They just go to sleep. Mm. I saw the cutest picture today of a little boy who had put his head on the table, and there was all this food, and obviously he just had enough. And some little boy, about three, <laughs> he just was asleep at the dinner table. <laughs> and I thought, didn't bother him that, you know, that somebody prepared that food and he might hurt their family. He didn't care. Mm -hmm. He's just tired. He's going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> He's just going to sleep. This is what it was. So Jesus, you know, he is not waiting for the crowd to give him permission, not waiting for the crowd to recommend. Oh, folks, how many times do we do that? We go around, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so busy. So somebody will say to us, oh, poor baby, why don't you take a break? And then we give ourselves permission. Y'all, that's manipulation. Mm -hmm. It's manipulation. Why don't we just avoid the whole martyr thing? <laughs> we just avoid that. And just say, you know what? I'm tired. 
I'm done. I'm done. Love you. Goodbye. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be explained. It doesn't have to be explained. And you don't have to, you know, and then other people don't feel, you know, responsible somehow. And um, I, I said we just need to be real about this stuff. You know, I've just had enough. I'm, I'm done. Um, see y'all later. Okay. In Luke 5, 15 to 16, it says, The news about him was spreading even farther, and large crowds were gathering to hear him, to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus himself would often slip away. <clears throat> often. You mean he wasn't working those 15-hour days out there with those crowds? He would often slip away. When he knew he had to back off, he did. Gave himself permission. Y'all, Jesus told us to learn from him. That's right. He told us to learn from him. We need to start listening to ourselves. You know, I, I, sometimes it's like, I'm sorry I am so tired. I don't want to be this tired, but I am, so i got to deal with it. You know, it's what it is. And learn from Him. And listen to what your body is telling you. Listen to what your soul is telling you. And just go away when you need to go away. He would often slip away, it said. In Mark 1, 32, When evening came, after the sun had set, they began bringing to Him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. This is nighttime meeting. There is a crowd full of sick folks and demoniacs right outside the door. <laughs> Big ministry, right? Big demand. It's going to be an all-nighter, right? Not necessarily. The whole city had gathered at the door. That's a lot of folks at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases, cast out many demons. He was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. In the early morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went away, to a secluded place and was praying there. Got up, didn't even tell anybody where he was going. Wonder if that was Martha's house. Wonder if she's wondering. Well, where'd he go? I made breakfast. <laughs> but you know, didn't even bother to tell anybody. Just got up and picked up and left. Mm. You know, and, and what's funny is when you read over these passages, you find out disciples had to go hunting him. Well, where to go this time? Got to go find him. And they said they would go find him. Because they wanted to bring him back. Well, maybe he wasn't ready to come back. But they wanted to go find him from time to time. But I noticed that he just got up and left. He didn't say, Peter, you're in charge. I'll be back for the noon meeting. None of that stuff. How would we handle that sort of thing? I wonder. We like to keep a tab on our ministers. Like you know exactly when they are going to be available, don't we? <laughs> well, I, I sent you a text. I sent you an email. I sent you a phone call. How come you haven't called me back yet? Sometimes I had somebody do that. They're like, well, how come you haven't called back? Like, I'm like, um, hmm, you called yesterday. Why haven't I called you back yet? Maybe because you called me, you know, during an inopportune time? <laughs> you know? Right. It was just, I mean, sometimes you didn't drop everything. Well, I only, only had 15 of the phone calls to call, you know. By the way, by the way, this is my little soapbox for one second. When you call and leave a message on the voicemail, please tell them why you're calling. 
It does no good if a stranger calls my house and says, call me back. I'm not calling. I don't know who you are. I don't know why I should call you back. Give me a reason. That's just my little pet peeve. <laughs> so when I call you, and I'll say, this is, you know, unless we are really close and we have a lot of interaction with each other, I'm going to tell you why I want to see you, why I want to talk to you. Can we get together this one day this week? Or I need to talk to you about the brochures. Or There's going to be something exchange. Because you know what? Every phone call is not equal in importance. Some of them are emergencies. Some of those things, I'm sorry, but you tend to go to the bottom of the list because that one takes top priority. And that's why I'd like to know, you know, what's, can you kind of help me here? And I think that's just helpful because I, when I've gotten several phone calls to return, I'd like to be able to know, you know, what can't wait, what can. So just do folks a favor and leave a little detailed message. Amen. We all appreciate that. Okay. Now, Jesus said, there was also in uh, Mark 6, it wasn't just enough for Jesus to pick up and go. But in Mark 6, 31, he recognized the disciples had been out on missions trip, I mean, been out doing the work. And they come back in, and he says to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest for a while. Because there were many people coming and going that did not even have time to eat. And he recognized, you guys need to take care of yourselves, give yourselves permission to back away. The crowd's always going to be there. They're always coming and going. you got to take care of you. And he gave them permission to come away into a secluded place. I don't think many people preach about that verse. I think that we hear a lot of the opposite. A lot of, you know, you just got to work hard and be there for the need. And, and I believe in working hard and being there for the need. But on the other hand, all things in balance. You can't do everything. There are times you do just need to pull back, unplug. And you'll be better off for it. The Sabbath rest, it's a break from the weekly routine. It's something that refreshes you. It's time for relaxation and recreation or recreation. Notice recreation means to recreate. By the time you've had a little bit of fun and recreation, your recreating muscles have been charged. Then you feel like you can create one more time. You can be inspired. You can come up with something else one more time. My last scripture is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, oftentimes the Lord reveals himself as a shepherd. And, you know, I remember the um, when it talks about um, Jacob. Remember when Jacob was going to meet Esau? And he had his wives and children and all of the flocks with him. And Esau was wanting him to meet right, you know, let's get together right now. And Jacob's like, wait, because the flocks are young. I've got, you know, pregnant sheep here. I've got little babies. I've got children. We can't go at the pace that a full-grown man can go. So we're going to take a slower pace because of the little ones. Because mm -hmm. I don't want the little ones to perish on the way, right? 
What a beautiful picture. And the Lord says He's our shepherd. You know, God doesn't want any of us to perish on the way either. Mm -hmm. For all that we have heard about, work, work, hard, hard, duty, all that stuff, God's like, sometimes you need to come away for a while. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want us to be exhausted all the time. God wants us to be able to enjoy life and enjoy some downtime and some fun time and not feel guilty about it. Hallelujah. As a gentle shepherd, he's leaving us. He's not driving us. It's not a cattle drive. Yeehaw! I mean, that's not what that is. That's not what the Lord's doing, is it? No, he's gently leading those who are young. Gently. God knows you had a rough week, a rough month. He knows what's going on in your life. He's not expecting you to go beyond the pace that is right for you, that is healthy for you. Oftentimes what he's saying is, hey, come on back. Let's come rest for a little while. Let's pull back for a bit. Then you'll be ready to get up and go again Monday morning. Amen. Monday morning you'll be all charged and be all ready. The Lord's my shepherd. Not my cattle driver, right? I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. What a peaceful picture that is. He's making me lay down. That's right. He's like, time to rest. Do you know that in the, in the Jewish household... The Sabbath started at sundown. It didn't matter if it was 4.30 in the afternoon, like in the winter, or if it was 8.30, like in the summer. When sundown came, it's not one more phone call, one more email. When sundown came, you're done. It didn't matter if you were finished or not. When sundown came, you were done. Selah. When it's time for rest, it's time for rest. Lay it down. It's time. And this is what he says. He makes me lay down to lie down in green pastures. Because he says, you're done. Yes, you're done for the day. It's time to rest now. Amen. You know what? Little kids don't like to go to bed necessarily, do they? They don't <laughs> stay up. I'll miss something if I go to bed. But what does a mom or dad have to do sometimes? They say, I'm sorry, but you're tired and you need it. Or as... I'm tired and you I'm need tired. it. <laughs> I'm tired, so you're going to bed, right? <laughs> because, you know, the little one, haven't we all seen the little ones fighting sleep, rubbing their eyes? I'm not tired. Yeah, sure you are. You're almost falling apart just there on your feet. I'm not tired. No, it's time. Because as the adult, you're saying, it's time. Yeah. Well, you know what? There are sometimes God's doing the same thing to you and me. And says, it is time yeah. for you to rest. And it doesn't matter what they say about it. Mm -hmm. Telling you it's time. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll make you lie down in green pastures and lead you beside quiet waters. A peaceful environment. Quiet waters. Rest. Easy. You know, shut off the TV. Shut off the radio. Shut off the everything. Shut off the hum of electricity. Unplug. Quiet, peace. And then he says, and I'll restore your soul. Yes. There's a restoration that happens in rest, Amen. in peace. Amen. And sometimes you don't know what's happened until after you've gotten back to work, until after the rest was over. Amen. You know, sometimes I've, I've uh, decided I was going to take off some time. You know, we're going to fast and pray and just go spend time with God and and I'm off doing my thing, go away for a few days, and I ain't hearing nothing from God. I mean, nothing. <laughs> but, you know, I slept good while I was gone. And, and it was when I got back home that I realized 
that was the intention, was to get me to unplug, mm -hmm. to get some rest, because then I had the creativity, yeah. I had the energy, I had the idea, I could then move forward. Amen. And restoration of my soul happened when I was back here doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing, just to fast and pray and all that. You know, there are times for, you know, the aggressive seeking after and prayer and fighting. And there's time for that, but there's also time to just sit and just enjoy what God has done and just be thankful. I heard someone say, if you just said thank you, that's the most important prayer you could ever pray. Yes. And just have an attitude of gratitude, of thank you. Mm -hmm. Such a gorgeous day today. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you for health and for friends. And just thank you. I didn't have to get up at 6 o'clock this morning. Thank you. <laughs> Good things. Good things. He restores my soul. So, folks, it's time to rest. And when it's time to rest, maybe for you it's it's just the one day a week. Or maybe there, you're under... A lot of load, and God's giving you permission throughout the week to take an afternoon, Absolutely. take a nap, you know, whatever you need to do to rest. And it doesn't all have to be spiritual. Yes. You can laugh watching I Love Lucy. <laughs> you know, yes. you can watch I Love Lucy and recharge your batteries. Yes. You sure can. Absolutely. There are some things about Christians that are just so religious. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like there's more to life. And let's let's go experience some things. You know, one of the things that I really love to do to recharge. I mentioned that I love nature, but I I love things of beauty, and I really love architecture. Mm -hmm. I love to go see masterpieces of art. I love the you know art museum or the buildings and the the churches. I love that stuff because it's beautiful. It's craftsmanship, and it recharges me to see something like that. You know what? I can have a real spiritual time just enjoying the creativity that God's put Absolutely. within people. Absolutely. And just in gratitude for that. Mm -hmm. Knowing that every good thing comes from Him. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Y'all, one handful of rest is better than two fists full of labor and striving, right? Maybe um, you're pretty good about keeping the weekly Sabbath. But maybe you're due for more than that. You know, sometimes we need to take a weekend mm -hmm. or a week. Whatever it is that you know, you've got that prompting, that nudging. You know that you need this. You know that you need to get away. So much of the time, we, I can't, I can't, I can't. You know what? Sharpen your axe. Go away. Recharge. Sharpen your axe. You're going to be able to be so much more productive by the time that you get back. I found it really, really hard for, for people who are business owners and in ministry. Mm -hmm. They have the hardest time giving themselves permission to rest. It's like, this is part of who we are. It's what we're about. You know, I believe that in ministry and in business owners, it actually is a step of faith to take a day off. Yeah. It's a step of faith because you're not working, 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 trying to build a business and get the job and get the thing done. You know, you're actually having to rest and actually trust God to do something while you're not working. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? The Lord is after a balanced lifestyle. And so much of what we see in this country is out of balance. 
So I think it's time for all of us to just kind of take our own little pledge to the Lord. But Lord, with your help and with your grace, I'm getting back in balance here. Getting back in order. I'm going to have some fun in my life. Some R&R. It's going to be okay. Yes. And when you tell me it's time to lay down in those green pastures, then we're just going to lay down. It's going to be okay. Praise God. It's time to rest for a lot of us. You know what? Quit feeling guilty. Don't feel guilty for taking a nap. Don't feel guilty for taking a time off. Don't feel guilty because you took off one other town for a week. Hallelujah. That's Praise right. God. Right. Go for it. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, tonight we want to have permission to rest. Permission to take time off. Not feel guilty. Lord, we want to learn from you, Lord Jesus. You got away often when you felt the need. You pulled back. When you felt the need, you even had disciples come away to a secluded place. Lord, you pulled away no matter what anybody else thought about it or said about it. You followed your own rhythm. You knew what was right for you. Lord, help us to recognize the seasons that we're in. And if we're in a season of winter, if we're in a season of fall, then that is a season of inactivity. That's a season of pulling back. It's a season of resting, of roots going down deep. Thank you. Help us, Lord, to understand and know what season that we're in. And I pray, Lord God, for everyone who's listening, grant them, Lord, restful sleep. When we go to bed, Lord, let our sleep be, re be refreshing, yes. strengthening. Let us wake up, Lord God, recharged and content. And Father God, I just... I just release people right now. I release them from the religious, driving legalism that has said there's no fun on the Sabbath. That said there's no fun on the day off. I just release you from that in Jesus' name. I release you from all those false guilt things about taking time off or time for yourself. I release that guilt off you in the name of Jesus. Now, Holy Spirit... Come and give us a fresh perspective. Yes. Show us, Lord, when it's time to rest. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.